Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the First Intuition podcast. This is not a live session. This is myself and Dave getting together at the start of our summer holidays to have a chat over some of the previous episodes. Dave, what are we planning to do for people over the summer? We're going to look at some of our, I'm going to call them classic episodes. So we're going to be picking on episodes that either have got really significant meaning to us and we think are really, really useful and we want to bring to a new audience. Um, We are also going to be re-releasing some of our most popular ever episodes. So some of our our newer listeners can um, get to experience them and some of our our more seasoned listeners are going to get back and maybe refresh their minds uh, with things that they may have missed first time around. Brilliant. So the first episode we've selected goes right back to the 14th of June 2021. We were talking about taking some time after exams, and I thought this would be a great one at the start of our summer series, just to remind people the importance of relaxing, taking some time for themselves. I'm certainly going to be listening back to this one when I'm on holiday. Myself and Dave not together, but we're both going to Portugal, I believe, or Dave's going... Um, where, where are you going, Dave? Somewhere near Portugal, I think. It's, it, it's, it is Portugal. We're going to the island of Madeira. So it's not mainland Portugal. We're in the middle of the Atlantic, just off the coast of Africa. But as you say, I am expecting to be switching off as much as I can. I've got some activities planned. So I'm going to be jumping off some cliffs into the sea. I'm going to be um, doing some canyoning, which is going down waterfalls and things like that. So very much looking forward to, to switching off and to kind of doing something a little bit different before kind of getting back to work at the end of the summer. Fantastic. So you can think of us all on our holidays. I'm going to be on a sun lounger listening back to this episode We titled it after a Bruno Mars song, Today I Don't Feel Like Doing Anything. Please enjoy the episode and look out for future releases over the summer. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the First Intuition podcast. My name is Ben Bullman and I am joined by my good friend and colleague again this evening, David Malthouse. Hi, Dave. Uh, Hi there, Ben. How are you saying? Really, really good, Dave. The sun is shining. I had initially what I thought was a day to do some catch up stuff. I deliberately kept quite a bit of the diary time free to do some catch ups, to to catch up on my emails, to do a bit of material reviewing and rewriting that that I've been asked to do. And then I got an invite to go out for lunch. Our tutor team in Cambridge had booked six of them to go out to lunch. And sadly, at the last minute, someone couldn't make it. So I got a call. And it was one of those moments where I thought, I've got bits I could do, but no, I'm going to go. And I'm so pleased I did. It was the first proper meal out. I saw some tutors that I've not seen since last March, March 2020. And we had a fantastic lunch. And I got back in time for the podcast. And all is well. How's your week been going? Since, since last we spoke, Ben, I've, um, I, I spent a bit of time off last week with the family and I went to visit my parents who live in the Peak District. And we went walking with the family and I'm reliably informed by my seven year old daughter that we climbed one of the biggest mountains in the world. Um, but part way up this mountain, Ben, um, I, we, we got the message coming through and we had, we had to quickly engage our phones to say that the, the planning permission that we'd applied for for a, a new premises for our Chelmsford Centre had been approved, which means that we're allowed to run classes in that in that property, which 
which means now we which means then we could sign the lease so the lease was then signed um over that period um and on monday this week i opened the doors for the contractors to come in and every day we've had a stream of photos coming out seeing walls going up and wires being put in and it's it's crazy because on monday when i i opened the door it's the first one in there since we had the lease i opened the door went in it was just this massive open space and i kind of ran around the outside and looked out the windows got this panoramic view of the wonderful city of chelmsford and, and since then every day it's been another walls down we've got a corridor running through the middle now that's there so uh, at the rate they're going they're going to be finished in, in about a week but i mean they assure me it's not going to be till um till kind of july that we're going to be able to get maybe early august but it yeah looking really really good so that was um yeah, a really exciting start to um, start this week. And then the, the next most exciting thing then is um, since, again, since last week, we have hit 10,000 downloads for our podcast. So we, we, we hit the 10,000 mark. And I can't tell you exactly at what point that happened because I was kind of on more or less radio silence other than for landlords and solicitors last week. But I know that we're now on about 10,200 downloads. So we, we absolutely smashed it over, over the last week or so. So thanks to everyone that has downloaded. Um, what I would ask you to do if you are listening to the podcast or if you're live here tonight and you're not already a podcast listener, if you, if you do listen to it and enjoy it, please leave a review in terms of just give it give us five stars because you know obviously that's what we want. Um, and just type in a little review. I'm told that reviews and rating have got a much bigger impact on the chart position than individual listens. So individual listens and downloads help, but uh, uh, it's, uh, I think you get a slightly greater weighting if people leave comments. So if we could do that, that would be absolutely amazing. And what I have noticed looking at the analytics is people have been really going back through our back catalogue uh, and looking at um, one of one that, uh, as if you remember the episode we did with our, our colleague Crystal, all about the words that people use in the exams. That seems to have been very, very popular over the last kind of like five or six days. And I think that's probably going into the exams that we're going to talk about or we, in a second people have like thought well actually maybe i should listen to well what do those different verbs mean in the exam so definitely worth delving back into back catalogue for looking at the the different subjects that we looked at so they, they were my highlights of the last week then that is fantastic dave and i would just like to echo those thanks to the live studio audience that come and join in on wednesday evenings with us but also to the people that listen and download um, me and dave love doing it but it makes it a heck of a lot better when we know that people are continuing to listen and continuing to like the content that we've got up there. And you're right, Dave, we are getting a very good back catalogue of stuff that there are some great prior episodes that, that I would really encourage people. If you haven't go back and, and find one that, that you might find relevant. That brings us on to the tonight's topic. So we are in the midst of a big exam week. We are just at the end of ICAW exams, as we're recording this, the last exams for their professional sitting were today. ACA exams are continuing for the next two days, and it's also a synoptic week for AAT. So when we were having a bit of a session thinking what would be a good subject matter for tonight's episode, we thought about some tips that we could share on what to do after the exam. And Dave, you, you mentioned what sort of time frame when we were having a chat. I think this is more relevant for immediately after the exam, probably the, the week after the exam. What sorts of things should you be doing very, very close after you've just sat your assessment? 
One of the problems I think students face, and this is something that I, I feel sorry for the current students that we teach because it wasn't like this in our day. The exams now are much more modular and they tend to come around a lot quicker, don't they? In our day, Dave, we would do two exams in June, two exams in December, which meant there was quite a big gap between one exam to the other. But the, the way that some of the exams now are on demand, they're very much back to back. But even the, the other session exams that are four sittings a year, there is less of a natural downtime between the exam. And I think, therefore, this early stage after the exam is even more critical than it probably was back when we were sitting exams. Uh, I 100% agree. I used to sit two exams and then I, I would wait two months to get my results. And in that two month period, I would do no study because we knew the exams were six months away and you could quite easily have that time off and then get into your studies for the next exam, sit two exams at the next sitting. And it, it worked really nicely. The, the, I guess the challenge we always had was having to juggle two or more subjects at one time and balance the revision and the benefit of doing them say once a quarter is you can focus on one at a time but there isn't you're right there isn't that natural kind of peak and trough in terms of study rest study rest it's just study relentlessly over the course of the year so when I knew this was going to be the topic, I had some ideas. I know, Dave, you would have some ideas, but I went out to our tutor team as well. And on our internal messenger said, this is the topic. Anyone got any hints, tips we could share with the students logging in or listening to the podcast? And as always, our great tutor team at FI did me proud and came back with lots of good suggestions. So in typical Ben style, I like a list. I have got a list of our top 10. Now, a quick health warning up front. These are not for everybody. Some of these actually maybe slightly conflict with each other. And I think you need to find out what works for you. And not all of these are things that, that necessarily will do. But, but here are a few do's and don'ts for that immediate period after the exam. Are you ready, Dave? We'll do it as a, a kind of pop chart in no particular order, mind you. But we'll, we'll do a, a one through ten. I'll kick us off with number one then. So our number one tip pretty much immediately after the exam is be careful about talking to other students. I'd be interested in the chat box to hear any students experiences in the live studio audience around this, but I think it's quite a dangerous thing to discuss the exam with other people that have sat that paper because you'll recollect things differently. You might have seen something they didn't. They might have seen something you didn't. They might be wrong. You might be right. Vice versa. One of our, our great tutors, Ali, shared a story with me this week when I mentioned the topic and said she came out of one of her exams. And the first thing a guy sitting next to her said to her was, lucky I spotted that big share based payment part of the question. And Ali's heart sank because she hadn't spotted anything to do with share based payments and was convinced then, oh, I've dropped a load of marks here. I'm potentially going to fail this exam only to then on results day realize she passed it. Guess what? The other chap, because she, she vaguely knew him, had failed and he got completely the wrong end of the stick in one of the scenarios and gone down a complete rabbit warren in the wrong direction. So be very careful. I personally would not talk to any of the other students sitting in the exam because I, I can't see what it benefits you now. Absolutely agree. Um, and I guess my, my insight in, in, in doing this, and I learned this very, very early to just you know, don't trust anything that another another candidate has said in the exam. Um, I, I 
kind of school and definitely kind of GCSEs and A-levels, um, there was this one subject and maths was the only subject that I was really, really good at. And, you know, if I didn't get high 90s in the maths exam, I was really disappointed. You know, I was disappointed in one exam because I got one question wrong and it stopped me from getting 100%. So maths, I knew I was really good at. You know, English, history, geography, pretty much every other subject I was pretty average at. But maths, I was very, very good at. And I knew when I came out of a maths exam that, OK, yeah, that's, that's you know, high 90s in that exam, did really, really well. And when you because I had that level of confidence I'd come out of the exam and I'd hear what other people were saying and they'd be making comments about things and I'm thinking but that that wasn't in the exam that wasn't the question they didn't ask that question and it was only because I had that confidence in that subject that I realized that you know 95 percent of what people are saying after the exam is some kind of distorted recollection of what they thought that they were being asked and the reason they tend to discuss it is because they're not actually that sure about what went on and I I then took that forwards and doing my accountancy exams I never got 100 percent in the accountancy exams you know I was you know I, I, I was strictly you know if I was achieving you know five percent over the past month I was happy anything more than that was a bonus and but I'd come out and people would say things like oh did you spot that share-based payment and I would just ignore it I'd let it wash over me I treat it with exactly the same you know the same way I would treat it coming out of a maths exam and someone telling me oh you know oh you know did you notice the answer work out the volume of a, of a sphere it's like no you didn't I wasn't in the exam but someone did it because they thought they did so yeah I, I, I 100% agree don't talk with other people if you do talk with other people just take it with a pinch of salt that they're they're, they're their recollection of the exam isn't actually going to be how the exam was. That sentiment is very much being echoed by the students live with us in the chat box. Lots of people saying, I can't remember what came up. I can't remember it clear enough. I just don't talk to people. Increasingly now, the bodies don't release the exams. Some still do, but most don't release the exams. And actually, on a serious note, I don't think the professional bodies would be too happy with you divulging what came up in the exam if they don't release it. So I would just keep them and forget all about it. The place where it's really bad right now, Ben, is is online chat forums, social media. Stay away from them. You know, people are going to be there. They're going to say, oh, yeah, I did. I did Section A and I think I got 19 out of 20. Brilliant. Okay, well done. <laughs> if, you, if you're that confident, and then you see that same person comment three weeks later or, or six weeks later and says, "Oh yeah, I failed." So, well, we didn't get nice out of twenty, did we? <laughs> On to point number two. So, point number two, all about getting your dates organised so you can relax to properly switch off. And, and I would agree with this one to properly switch off in the coming week. I would go and diarise, put a calendar appointment in. When is results day? And that varies depending on which kind or, or which um, awarding body you've sat an exam with. So go and get results day in your calendar so you can then forget about it. You know when it's going to pop up and also get in your diary the start of the next course day. I'm still staggered by how many students crawl out of the woodwork literally the day before we're about to start a new class or worst case scenario, the day after we've just started a new unit. So I'm not saying do any study for that yet, but just so you can kind of get rid of the worry in the back of your mind, go and get those dates booked in your diaries now. And then you can genuinely switch off until those dates are here. Agreed. 
just having that I think at all times having a study plan but then yeah it, we, we talked about planning before haven't we but it, it's you know what, what what am I doing next quarter what am I doing over the next six months just making sure you've got those dates nailed on the closer you get to them the more effectively you can schedule that time but you're right take the time now reduce the stress later cool on to point number three then point number three write down how you feel not what came up in the exam. We've just talked about forgetting all about that, but how you feel. Do you feel you gave your best in this exam? Do you feel you were prepared? What went well for you and what preparation tips are you going to do or not do and avoid next time? Worth getting that down now. Take a few moments just to note all of that down and put it somewhere that you will find when you pick up your books for the next unit, because it's a very good motivating factor to say, right, I want to either get that same feeling I had last time because I felt it went well and my preparations had gone perfectly or I felt terrible the day after that exam and I don't want to feel like that again. Can I use this to motivate me to do things differently next time? Yeah, I think that I think that's really important. It's something that I try and do with students when I when I'm looking for genuine feedback about how they felt that their classes have actually been. I, I like to get it early rather than late. Uh, I think that if personally, I, I feel worse and worse about my chances in the exam the closer I get to the results being released. So I come out of the exam and feel quite confident that went quite well. But then the nerves start creeping in as you get closer to, to the exam. And you know, if you ask me on it, it, it results day, um, how did you think that exam went? I'd go, oh, God, it was awful. Really, really bad. I don't think I did enough to get through. If you'd have asked me on exam day, but yeah, it was all right. I, I managed to do most of it. But that's just the way my brain works. I think you're right. Just capturing how you actually feel on that day. And the, and the reverse is true as well. You, if you sat the exam and you didn't do enough work and you were really, really stressed and really worried and really nervous going to the exam and, and it just mentally was really difficult for you over that last week because you just didn't put the work in, you get the results and you scrape through. It's very easy to kind of forget what that horrible stressful period of time it was like you write it down you've got a permanent record you go back to and say yeah I don't want to put myself in that position again definitely I can see some comments in the chat box about people saying they they struggle to not continue to dwell on the exam performance until results come out maybe writing it down is a good way just to say look I've recorded it now I can try and I know that's easier said than done but try and get it out of my head until the results come out and then I can bring back my notes and think right did it work did it not work based on the result that I've got number four I like this one it's written in my list in big letters treat yourself I think I've mentioned on previous episodes of the podcast when I used to do my exams and as Dave and I said we used to do two in June two in December after every sitting I would go and treat myself and go and buy a new pair of trainers but whether it's getting your hair done going for a nice meal that we can increasingly do now. Lockdown restrictions are, are being lifted. Go and do something to, to give yourself a, a, a nice reward, something that's going to make you feel good in the next couple of days. Dave, what, what's your go-to feel good? Um, when I was doing exams, it was buying records. So I, I would be, uh, I, I would go record shopping. Uh, I used to, uh, I, well, I still like, I still like doing, but I always used to um, uh, go to London and kind of take a walk down Carnaby Street. At the bottom of Carnaby Street, you turn left and then there's a big soul jazz um, record shop that, that was then that I think is still down there. And I could spend an entire day there going through loads of vinyl, 
playing it in the shop and I could come out losing an entire month's salary um, at spending it on vinyl. So that, that would, that tended to be what I treated myself. And then to be honest right now with my family, I don't think I could get away with, with taking the month's mortgage payments and spending it on records right now. But tell me Ben, when you, when you bought trainers, were, were they buying, were you buying trainers purely for the sport or, or are you what the Americans refer to as a sneakerhead who collects them? I, I, I wish I'd have kept all the pairs of trainers I had. I've, I've listened. The BBC have actually got a podcast on this, haven't they? I don't know if you've you've heard it, Dave, but they've actually done a podcast on collecting trainers. And, and some of the pairs I must have had over the years, if I'd have kept them, but but I wore too much. So so I used to wear them. I would play sport in them. I'm, I'm not a complete trainer nerd, but I did used to like to go and treat myself and buy a new pair of trainers every every six months after an exam. Now, a friend of mine is is one of those sneakerheads, and um, he he had an entire room in his house that was devoted purely to trainers. Um, that he had to then sell a big a big portion of his collection because he needed to clear enough room so that his son could sleep in that room and they could move a bed into it when his son was born. Um, but yeah, it's it's it is one of those things that. Um, like for me, it's vinyl. For for other people, kind of trainers, there are those things that just make you feel happy when you get a, a new pair of trainers or for me, I say a, a lovely double gatefold album um, and bring it home, put it on the turnstile and, and play it. I can see a comment from one of the students in the chat box. What about if you haven't passed? Well, I suppose for most students, you wouldn't know this close to the exam, whether you've passed or not, because lots of the exams we're now in a bit of limbo waiting for results. So I think treat yourself now. I suppose if you will have got your result instantly and you've not passed, Maybe then do you want to reward yourself? If you've worked hard, I would still go and reward yourself. If you think, do you know what? I did work really hard for that. I think you do need to go and give yourself a treat to pick yourself up, even if it's picking yourself up to go and tackle a reset. So, yeah, I would. I'd go and treat yourself no matter what. I think it, it, it's, it's tough, isn't it? Because if you've gone through the stress of studying, you've sat the exam and then instantly you get your result. It is, you don't have that right now. I've got this period of time to wait. You know, it might be half an hour before you get your result. But I think you're right, Ben. It's, and we, we've, we've looked at it before, and I think we'll probably look at it again in about four or five weeks' time about what to do when you get your results. You know, what, what do you do when you get your results and you've been unsuccessful? Um, how, how do you take that? And I think something that will really help is doing that exercise we talked about, writing down how you feel about the exam. Um, because for, for me, there's there's only really a couple of reasons why you could be unsuccessful in an exam. Uh, and usually it comes down to you haven't done enough work. And if you haven't done enough work, you know next time you need to do more work. Uh, and that's a reflection you take out. But, or you did plenty of work, but it was the wrong kind of work. You know, it was rewriting your notes rather than question practice. And, and I think you evaluate that when you sit the exam and then when you get your results, that's when you can reflect on it. See a lovely comment in the chat box about going for a coffee and a cake straight after the exam. That's a lovely treat. And if that's a bit of a ritual, I don't know, maybe it's superstition. But after the, the first pair of trainers got me a pass, you kind of almost do get into a bit of a cycle. I'm, I'm not overly superstitious, but I know little things like that can just psychologically influence you going forward. So go and treat yourselves. On to number five, and this one's a bit of a a warning, really. Be careful not to plan to do too much in the next week. This is something I think we're all at risk of. We've been working flat out, and I include our our fabulous tutor team in this as well, up till the exams. 
And then there's the temptation that we go and book loads of stuff up for the next week. But as lots of people have been observing in the chat box, you're going to feel tired. You're probably not going to feel up for it. True story. Don't know whether I've mentioned this on a previous episode of the podcast, but when when I was studying, my wife was studying at the same time, which I'm sure lots of you know. And when she had sat her final exams for ACCA, we'd booked a holiday and literally threw out the afternoon that she'd finished her final exam in the morning. And we flew out to Lanzarote, which should have been a really, really lovely holiday. And it was terrible. She was really, really exhausted. She didn't really want to get involved in any of the activities that I'd lined up for us. We were going to go and do some windsurfing. We were going to do some climbing and play tennis. And she was exhausted. I think in the end, I'd had to do the packing which really, really didn't go down well when we unpacked the other end and she realised I'd packed all of the wrong stuff for her. <laughs> so um, just think carefully. You're going to be tired. You're probably not going to feel like doing much, but I think there is a temptation that you just say, oh, I've got some time now. Let's book and do loads of things. Um, if that works for you, great. But if it doesn't, just just think, ration yourself a bit and think I need to conserve a bit of energy because I'm going to be quite low on energy levels agreed um i, I would normally sleep the, uh, when I, when the day i've done my exam I, I would never really plan to go out um I, it's quite tr- it's quite tricky to do that as well isn't it because you you kind of you finish your exam on a thursday or a tuesday or something like that and you know ultimately who of your friends are going to come out and help you celebrate finishing an exam on a Tuesday when they've got no idea which exams you're doing most you know not many of my friends are accountants and would know that um but sleep was definitely because it's something that I that I found then and I still find it now and I have done all the time since I've been a teacher is I, I get as stress leading up to the exams and I am working hard going up to the exams because I'm, I'm one, I'm having to teach. I, I'm having to deliver every day, which is, you know, it's, it's quite stressful to go in there every day and, you know, really give it your best energy every day. You've also, you know, I know we send everyone away with homework to do every night, but we have to do the other side of it, which is marking and feedback. And with marking and feedback, it isn't just a case of tick, 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 well done. It's all right, you've got, you know, 48%. So we need to improve this mark ready for the exam in a week's time. So it's then how do I coach this person? How do I coach this person? Or how is this person going to make a movement from, you know, getting this mark at 30%? How are we going to get them to 50%? So it's, it's really full on. And something I find is after the exams are taken, so next week, you're kind of, you know, all of us as tutors, we will have a big sigh of relief. And then normally we'll all start to get a little bit ill. Because, you know, we've been holding this all off to, you know, to, to make sure that we're getting people through exams. It's always the week after exams, people get sick, people get ill, people start dropping like flies. I remember exactly the same as you, Ben. I went on holiday after an exam sitting in a December. I flew out and I thought, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to love this holiday. For four days, I was just holed up in a hotel room, just feeling awful. So, yeah, it's, it, is, it is a tough one. Be careful with yourself. And I, I think Sarah's put it in the chat box perfectly. She put one word, sleep. It's make sure you get your rest. You probably haven't had enough rest over the last couple of weeks. Get it now. And that one follows on really, really nicely to our number six. This was a tip from Aaron. If you haven't caught up, Aaron came on a previous episode of the podcast last year. Aaron's one of our tutors in Cambridge. 
And his tip was set your alarm a little later for the next couple of mornings. And he emphasized not just the morning after the exam. Yeah, you're going to sleep like you're saying, Dave. But but actually scheduling a bit more sleep in the coming week. So if you can set your alarm a bit later, obviously, I'm not I'm not saying turn up for work late. But if you can find that extra half an hour sleep for the next week in the morning or go to bed half an hour earlier this week. I think that will really, really help you build up some of the the lost energy that we naturally exude in the run up and during the exam. So on to number seven. Number seven is a good one. I can see someone else has put in the chat box a glass of wine. This could tie in with number seven. Reconnect with friends and family. Studying is selfish. Let's not beat around the bush. We neglect our friends. We neglect our family. And understandably so, the exams that you are studying for are intense. Dave, you talked about the tutors, and I I feel the guilt of this running up to the exams. I'm doing extra marking. I'm doing extra hours. Lots of the tutors are giving up evenings and weekends for that. And that's time where they are not with their friends and family. So this next week is a great time to reconnect. Go and message people and say, sorry if I've not been around for the last couple of weeks. I've been sitting the exam. But good news is I've sat the exam now. Let's see if we can get out and ties in quite nicely with the continued unlocking of the country. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I think, yeah, really, really good time to, to get. And I, I used to, when I studied, I wasn't married at the time, but I kind of had girlfriends at different stages of, of my studies. And it would always be, look, I, I, I really haven't got time to do anything for the next three weeks. And then you would try and make things up kind of like the week or two after the exam. So I agree, it's a really good time to, to catch up with friends really before that study cycle begins again. And we've got to start cracking on for the next sitting. Fantastic. Number eight, really, really nice tip this one from Crystal. Again, a previous contributor to the podcast. Hi, Crystal, if you're listening to this episode. Her top tip was to have a bit of a tidy up. Organise your notes and store them away. And I am very guilty of this one. Even now, when I've been teaching a subject, I get to the last day of the class and I bundle all of my notes up in a folder and just throw it in the corner somewhere. And then when I come back to it, because eventually you'll come back to it, you might you might have to reset. Let's hope not but you're likely to want to revisit your notes when you go on to a further module. And certainly as tutors, we like to go back to our notes if we teach a subject or a similar subject in the future. And if you haven't left them in good order, it's a real pain. And you kind of think, why didn't I just spend that hour just tidying up my folder, just making some notes in the front or putting stuff back into an order that when I need them again, I can pick them up and and get back into it not a complete mishmash of things that some of them junk, some of them should be thrown out and others that are going to be very useful in the future. What's your, what's your categorizing of of, of notes like Dave? Do you, do you store stuff? meticulously? It's awful. Absolutely awful. I'm um, when it comes to, kind of teaching i'm very visual in the way that i i i i I kind of like to demonstrate things and so if i've got and and, you know i'm thinking at the moment things like say tax planning exams which are tough exams and you can have say five or six different taxes that are all examined within the same question 
So something that I, I will occasionally do with, with students is say, right, let's look at this question. And um, uh, and it will say, right, first of all, you've got this income tax element. So I'll, I'll go to my notes and I'll take the relevant page of the notes for income tax. And I'll say, right, that's what they're testing here. And then you've got a capital gains bit. So I'll flick on 20 pages. And this is the relevant part of capital gains tax. And then I'll have, say, five pages on the desk, the one income tax, one capital gains, a little bit of VAT, some stamp duty, some corporation tax. And that that's the syllabus areas you need to be able to pull on. And I do it to demonstrate that your knowledge has got to be strong enough in the exam that you can recognize that you're pulling on different areas of the notes. And I like that as like a visual metaphor for what you need to do with your mind in the exam. But if I'm doing that in class and I've just showed someone, OK, and the class is finished, I just grab those five sheets of paper, stuff them in the folder, close it, put it in my bag that I'm carrying with me, take it home. And by the end of a class, my notes are all over the place. There are no two pages that are in the right order at all. And you're right, when I come back to them to teach the next set of students, it takes me the best part of an hour to, to actually put them in order again. So I, I think Crystal's right, it would be nice just to go into one of those, you know, going into a new teaching phase and open a folder and just say, oh, yeah, my notes are in the right order. I can begin rather than this random haphazard order that they seem to kind of degenerate into over time. On to number nine. We are nearly through our, our top ten. Number nine. And this one, I think, comes out of maybe some people like to keep active. I think we've talked about lots of things you could do. But if, if none of those are available to you and you think I need to be doing something this could be a good time to go and catch up on some other elements of potentially your practical experience requirement. I know our apprenticeship team would like students to keep on top of recording their 20% time that they have to keep meticulous time logs of. And if you, if you do find I've got a few spare hours and I want to do something, this could be a good time to start catching up on that because it won't be long. Let's face it that we're into the next exam cycle and next study. And before you know it, other things take over. So this could be a good time to get, get ahead and get caught up there. If you want to, I'm not saying you have to do that, but I know some people would say, I don't like the idea of having a week without doing anything. I want to be busy doing something. And at least that's a constructive thing that will help you going forward. Are you someone that can sit and do nothing, Dave? No, absolutely not. Uh, my wife and I are very similar in this respect. We, we both talk a good game about kind of relaxing on holiday and things like that but the reality is we'll be sitting on the beach together and you know we, we might be there for two or three hours and then we'll start suddenly talking about a project or something that we're going to do and it, it's very very rare we get more than about an hour where we're not suddenly thinking about something else but I I, I do like the idea of, of something we talked about at the beginning of the year and we, we talked about goal setting and I do like the idea of about taking that time right I sat my exam let me reappraise my my career goals. Let me reappraise my my qualification goals. Am I achieving those goals that I set three, four, five months ago? Do I need to reset them, reframe them? Am I going to change them? Am I going in the right direction? Is, you know, is is you know, is where I'm heading, where I want to be, uh, and what changes do I need to make? And that, they're the kind of things that I would probably spend a bit of time looking at, you know, in that period just after the exams. The last one then, Dave, number 10 is going to be controversial for you from what you've just said, because my number 10 is take some time to do nothing at all. And it reminded me of that lovely Bruno Mars song. I love the Bruno Mars song when he's having his lazy day doing nothing at all. 
I I personally would really, really like the thought of that. And I know it's hard for some people because study isn't everything you do. There are other things that you've got going on in your lives. But for me, the thought of an afternoon just doing nothing or with nothing planned that you can just say, I'm just going to take it as it comes this afternoon and see what I do. I think that would be great. So relax. That was a big tip from our tutor, Laura. Relax. Don't plan too much this weekend. Dave, I know you will be watching some football on the television that's starting up. We've got the European Football Championship starting on Friday this week. So that's going to give us a chance to to do nothing or at least sit and watch some football. That, that's about the, the, the limit to my being able to do nothing is, is watching sport. Uh, and that's probably the, the only opportunity that I really get where I, I'm not thinking about other things. So, um, yeah, I, I'm 100% going to be watching lots of the European Championships starting on Friday. Um, and I don't think I'm going to be able to do what I, what I did um, when I was at university, where it was try and watch every single game throughout the entire tournament. But I'll definitely be watching a decent proportion of them. Fantastic. Well, that concludes our top 10. As I said at the start, not for everybody, those, but hopefully there's been something in that list that you think that is really, really useful. I'm going to try that. I'm going to take it away. Enjoy the week. Good luck if you've still got an exam to go, anyone in the live studio audience. But if you haven't, try and take on board some of the advice we have got and we'll look forward to results. And we'll run another edition of the podcast around results time. We usually theme something there about what to do when you get your results. So watch out for that one. Yeah, something that Sarah's put there is that when we talked about the idea about doing nothing and Sarah said that um, I know it's good for you, but I really struggle with that one. I'm kind of a little bit flippant when I say that I, I, I can't do it and I, I you know, I can't just do, sit there and do nothing. But putting yourself in the position where you are not worrying about normal day to day things, my mind automatically starts thinking about other stuff. So, you know, I, I've been running the business in Chelmsford now for, for over 10 years. And some of the best ideas that I've had in terms of the courses that we run, the way that we deliver stuff have happened when I've been on holiday. And it's not that I've sat down and said, right now I'm going to do some work. It's been, I, I remember one time I was in Malta and I was waist deep in the middle of the Mediterranean, just kind of staring out and watching the boats. Uh, and suddenly I just thought, yeah, well, maybe if that course was two days shorter, we could do something in a slightly different way in terms of the way we deliver it. And I think that would improve pass rates. And it just suddenly came to me. It wasn't something I'd intentionally gone into the sea to have let's have a think about work. But those kind of strange ideas sometimes you know, just come into your mind when you allow yourself to relax a little bit. So I wouldn't stress yourself out about saying, well, I can't ever switch off. It's just take yourself away from the day to day job, day to day you know, activities and jobs. Yeah. Brilliant tip. Yeah. So, so maybe not nothing, just schedule some nothing time and see what happens. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Myself and Dave are going to be back with some live forums. We're scheduling them to start back up on the 7th of September. So look out for emails coming out with how to register for them. In the meantime, we will be releasing further back episodes throughout the summer. Thank you very much.